and welcome everyone uh, to Rock M Radio. Uh, this is the beginning of a brand new episode of Dive Cuts. Uh, we've been here for six seasons, now here for the 33rd uh, episode of season six. And of course, we're here to talk about your Missouri basketball Tigers. Uh, I am your host, Sam Snelling. Uh, with me on this other side here uh, is Matthew Watkins at Data Mizzou on Twitter. Um, Matt, how's it going? How are you? It's going well. How are you? Well, a little bit of a disappointing weekend. Um, personally, I'm doing great. Uh, things are <laughs> <laughs> things things are are really good here. Um, on the Mizzou side, yes, a little bit of a disappointing weekend. Um, I guess the 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 big news of the past week is that uh, you know really where we sat last week, I think. Uh, a lot of us were feeling pretty good about Missouri and uh, Matthew Cleveland. As the week wore on, those good vibes uh, seemed to disappear a little bit. Uh, and I really want to say what by like Thursday or Friday, um, all good vibes were gone. Uh, seemed like he was uh, locked in on not Mizzou. And so Matthew Cleveland is the the new newest Miami Hurricane. He's not coming to Columbia. Um, a little disappointing overall. Uh, Watkins, what's your take? How are you feeling? How how do you feel about this? About uh, Cleveland's commitment in isolation? <laughs> um, you know, action it off. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of hard to uh, to look at it, I guess, as a one off deal. Um. You know, the the question for me, um, since Mizzou's roster has been kind of taking shape, is that they've got a lot of depth. Um, they've got a lot of, I hesitate to call them role players because players improve. Their roles broaden. They may shrink depending on the player. Um, but you, you feel pretty good about, I don't know, 10, 11 spots on the roster, but the final two happen to be pretty big ones, as we know, as we're waiting on Kobe Brown's um, NBA prospects and subsequent decision. And then also, of course, Isaiah Mosley, who I will say things are appear to look pretty good for his return. Um, <clears throat> but as we witnessed last year, that even a return doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be on the court. So with that, that being said, um, there was something to be said for Mizzou looking for another um, volume player, another one who is comfortable with the ball in his hands, another guy who's comfortable having to put the team on his shoulders when things aren't going great and getting baskets. Uh, Matthew Cleveland was that type of guy. He was very similar in a lot of ways to Caleb Love. Um, and both of those guys are very talented, but both of them have some improvements to make to really get where they want to go. Uh, and you think, or at least I did, that Mizzou probably could have coaxed that out of one or both of them, at least to a higher level than they had before. Um, so in that respect, it's a little disappointing. And Cleveland, unlike Love, is a little bit bigger and a little bit better on the uh, defensive glass. So that's always something you're looking for, too. Uh, but yeah, I would say it was it was mildly disappointing. But again, it's one of those things that, taken in context, a month from now it could really hurt, or it could be something that, eh, they gave it a good run. But all in all, it's not going to be that big of a deal. So we're kind of in that 
holding stage or the uh, waiting room, so to speak, of how the roster finalizes and how my feelings are on Cleveland's decision as it pertains to Mizzou will very much be impacted by how those things transpire. And all respect to, you know, Jesus Carolaro, um, it, it does sort of feel like there were, you know, three pretty significant misses in a row. Uh, although, you know, Caleb, I think sort of bounced before, um, you know, before, you know, the run of Caleb Grill and, uh, um, uh, and Tamar Bates. Um, so that like Mizzou kind of lined up those pretty early. Um, but then these two pretty notable, uh, and, and I would say like very public, uh, misses. So, you know, the, the public courtship, uh, was there, uh, for both Caden Shedrick, um, you know, and for Matthew Cleveland. And so, you know, we've been very upfront in our feeling that, uh, missing on Shedrick is a much, much bigger deal than missing on Cleveland. I feel like Cleveland was definitely a guy that would have been nice to have. For one, it's Kobe insurance. Um, at this point, we don't know what Kobe Brown is going to do. Um, having, uh, even if Isaiah Mosley comes back, having an additional perimeter score who you can rely upon uh, to, to sort of, you know, get you buckets on a nightly basis, um, you know, is going to be valuable for this team next year because for all of like the, you know, the, the additions that I feel are good. Like I feel like they've, they've, they're going to be better defensively and even they're going to be better rebounding just by, uh, the, the team that they have, even though they don't have like that sort of interior center centerpiece, um, you, you still look at the roster as kind of missing maybe a, a bucket getter, uh, you know, and, and if, if Kobe Brown, you know, does decide that his, his, you know, college career is over, his uh, NBA career is going to start, you know, then you are really kind of forced to fill a void with, a, you know, with a series of moves as opposed to just kind of funneling it, you know, I kind of feel like at least from a scoring standpoint, you could probably get similar scoring from, you know, Matthew Cleveland taking another step forward in his progression as a basketball player, uh, you know, versus, you know, really kind of piecing together a lot of these possessions with guys like, you know, John Tanji, Caleb uh, Grill, uh, Tamar Bates, um, you know, all guys who, and you know, and, and I'm as high on, as anybody on Tamar Bates and sort of what he can become, uh, you know, but still it's a guy who hasn't, produced consistently at, at the highest level. Uh, and so you're, you're basically like the, the Shedrick miss is one of those where it's like, man, like this is with, if, if you get him with everybody else, like Kobe comes back, you got Shedrick, you know, Isaiah Mosley, man, like, I don't care what Matthew Cleveland does. Like, I don't care what Caleb Love does. Like, like that's a top 10, 15 level team. Um, you know, but missing on him, I think now you're cobbling together all kinds of different pieces and hoping they work. And that includes Jesus, you know, Carlero, who, you know, by all accounts is a, is a nice looking player. And, and I think fits in what a lot of Dennis Gates wants to do, but he's, I mean, he's not a guy who, you know, you're going to count on, you know, 15 points a night from, uh, and, you know, definitely, you know, Cleveland is a guy who 
probably could have stepped into that role should he have made the decision to join the roster. Alas, he's a Miami Hurricane. Um, so now it's just like, you know, Mizzou is, I think it's still a very good place for their offseason, but it's like, what do, what are they going to do uh, to make sure that these buckets are, are getting scored consistently the way that they were last year? Right. It's the way I look at it is that, you know, ideally you want to have a core set of guys that you're building around and building out and filling in roles as needed. Whereas Mizzou this year, at least how I perceive it, and it's probably not their decision, but they've been forced to kind of build the opposite way where they're filling in roles of guys that can, you know, that are, I don't want to call them specialists, but guys who, who've proven that they can do certain things well. Um, and then you're waiting on the decisions of your core pieces, which would be obviously Kobe Brown. Anytime you're talking about a potential return of a all-league player, first team, and, you know, if he returned could theoretically be the preseason player of the year. I mean, that's that's no small, small shoes to fill. Um, <clears throat> and there's just really no way to dance around it um, about how how big of a role that he carried last year and would theoretically do again this year. Um, so until we really know that, I would say that it's undecided, um, you know, what the impact of Cleveland's decision will be. Um, whereas had he decided on Missouri that even though he's probably not going to give you what Kobe did last year, it's a lot closer than what roster currently is not. Yeah, and I think like that's probably you know the biggest worry at least for a lot of Mizzou fans at this point is, you know, if if Cleveland is there, it's it's the insurance factor. You definitely feel better. Um, you know, like I, Isaiah Mosley for all of his, uh, you know, off off season trouble this past year, um, you know, like is that a guy that you are sure that you can count on? If you can count on him then I think you can count on production. Like we've seen, uh, even through uh, some of his struggles shooting the the ball from the outside last year, that he was still productive when he was on the floor. He made the, the lineups better when he was on the floor. Uh, you know, the, the defense has to gravitate towards him and it makes, you know, other guys taking shots, easier shots. Um, you know, so he's definitely a guy that is going to like impact the play on the floor. It's just a matter of like... He, there's just no knowing that he's going to be there for 30 plus games uh, after the way this last season went. Um, and as long as that's a worry and as long as, you know, those things are uh, a, a part of the conversation, you know, then it's going to magnify missing out on, you know, recruiting Caleb Love, recruiting uh, Matthew Cleveland. Um, you know, cause I, I, I think at least with those guys, you can get, you know, the, the, the type of production that you might, you know, get maybe a little less on the efficiency side, uh, right. you know, than what you would get through Mosley. So, you know, it's, a, it's just one of those things where it's like a little bit of a, it, you know, if, if Mosley comes back uh, and he's there for 30 plus games, if Kobe comes back, this is a non-issue. Like, missing on love missing any and realistically like even missing on on shedrick because of what those two guys can do to push down you know the rest of the talent which has been upgraded like i think 
you look at the guys who were brought in last year and the record that that produced last year. Um, and instead of getting guys from the horizon league, uh, you know, and guys who were, you know, role players, uh, or, you know, like Nick Honor is really the only high major, you know, role player to hit the roster. And now you have a guy who is almost a 10 point per game score at Iowa state. Uh, you have a former top 30 level, you know, talent who, you know, can hopefully break out. And so like the level of guys that you're adding and, 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 you know, Tanji and, and instead of being in the Ryzen League, you know, Tanji was doing his damage in the Mountain West, which is a really good conference. But you can get ACC. Right, over the ACC and, and really step in step with, uh, with the Pac-12. So you're essentially getting a guy who is doing all that at just below the, what probably consider the high major level, um, you know, but certainly productive players at a high level and, you know, guys who are more productive or as productive at a higher level than the guys you were getting uh, last year. So I, you know, I, I, I don't think you can discount that at all, uh, you know, in the conversation as far as like, is this roster better off? Uh, well, yeah, it is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that, uh, <laughs> that the additions that have been made so far have made Missouri better off. I mean, does it result in more wins or losses? I mean, who knows? Like Missouri was, you know, two half court he's from, uh, you know, possibly being on the downside of a bubble. Um, right. you know, so like, <clears throat> So much of what goes into each season, you know, can amount to some luck here and there. But if you upgrade your defense, if you, you know, are more competitive on the glass and you maintain some level of offensive efficiency, it, it should at least be a wash. I've got a couple things to add to that, and then we can move on to our next area. Um, one, yes, absolutely agree with agree with you on uh, Mosley. There's, you know, if you if you guaranteed that he would play 28 minutes a game, every game, there's not 10 guys, excuse me, there's not 10 guys in college basketball I I could pick that I would rather have on Mizzou's team than Isaiah Mosley. He's just, his skill set is so unique at a position that is so important, and he does it so efficiently. It's, you know, I I gushed over him plenty last offseason, and those thoughts still hold true. I mean, he, he... never fully took off this year, but, you know, when, when he came back midway through conference season, it took him a game or two to really hit the flow, but the offense just operated at a different level when he was on the court. And this is an already good offense. Um, and also, of course, defensively, I think was underrated. Um, you know, his, the, the team's performance improved defensively when he was around. So, you know, getting him back is obviously a major component. Kobe, same thing, you know. Again, you're not going to find many guys who are more impactful in the transfer portal than Kobe Brown. And what's also additionally important with Kobe is that <clears throat> as it stands right now, there's just not a whole lot of experience depth in the front court. Um, you know, so Kobe Brown not only fills a playmaking role, but he also fills a position of need. And it's probably need capitalized um and finally uh on john tanjay i was i had just been looking over some numbers and um you know his 
his performance at Colorado State this year was virtually point for point, point for possession, or, excuse me, possession for possession, exactly what Noah Carter did at Northern Iowa. And you won't find a bigger Missouri Valley honk than I am for someone who doesn't have a team in the Missouri Valley, but it's just not the same level of play as the Mountain West. And, uh, you know, Tanjay is a 6'5 wing, whereas Carter's a 6'6 combo forward. It's he's he doesn't have the positional size limitations that that uh, Noah Carter does. Who has, for his to his credit, had a very good year. So, you know, I think using Noah Carter as an example, you can somewhat extrapolate John Tanjay's impact offensively to that or better than what Noah Carter did this year, which would be a very big boost to the offense. So, yeah, anyway, those are my three points. And I like when it comes to Tanja, like I always like I I really feel like a lot of the discussion that centers around Missouri and its roster almost overlooks this guy. Um, and you know, I'm not entirely sure why it was probably just because he was first on the board. Uh, it happened like so quickly. The portal was open. He entered, and like a couple days later, he was Missouri Tiger. Like all of that is. I don't know, maybe it plays a role in why, you know, when it comes to like these off season additions, like everybody's focusing on, you know, what, uh, you know, Caleb Love and Matthew Cleveland are going to do. But, you know, Tanji is a guy who is actually productive and efficient. Um, you know, and, and it's kind of the same thing with like Isaiah Mosley and, 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 you know, why I, we've said on the pod and I will continue to say like the, the, the best addition in this off season. <clears throat> make is without a doubt if Kobe Brown returns like if if Kobe Brown were to go into the transfer portal um he would like and you know kind of going back if you, anybody who hasn't read um my uh my pour over from Sunday please do uh the reason uh is because it I sort of explore this thing called you know BPR which is like the Bayesian performance rating uh from evanmia.com uh, my goal this offseason actually is to get Evan to come on uh, the pod and talk to us a little bit about, you know, how he develops this and and sort of like what kind of impact. But I I like I think this is this is something that I've always I've kind of tinkered with on my own. I've never kind of come up with something that I'm happy with, um, but it really allows you to get an understanding of you know floor impact from the guys on the floor, uh, you know, because it does incorporate you know defensive stuff as well um and if you use bpr as sort of your guide and kobe brown were to enter the transfer portal uh he would immediately become the second best uh player in the portal uh both guys that have already committed and not second best uh overall according to the bpr um i don't remember off the top of my head uh i could probably pull it up real quick um, who <laughs> was number one. Um, but, but like, that's the kind of, you know, value that you're going to get if Kobe Brown returns as a guy like, and like that can't be undersold or understated at this point. Like it's really, really important for Missouri's future, how this goes and right. what kind of team they can be. I think the team as it exists now, even with Isaiah Mosley, is a competitive NCAA tournament level team. 
if Kobe comes back, I think that discussion changes because I think that when you have somebody who is, uh, who, you know, who is that good, um, he, he, he's just, he's just going to change the dynamic. And I, and I'll, I'm probably the first person to admit, like, I didn't, I never thought that we would be having this kind of discussion about Kobe Brown. <laughs> um, like the fact that like your program may or may not be able to live without him. Um, like, but he is, he is that valuable and was that valuable this year. And, uh, if he comes back, like, you know, Missouri is, a, is probably a, a team that should be expecting to be like second weekend. Like, I, I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think you're looking at a definite top 25 caliber team. If you get your two guys back and, you know, we'll, we'll address other potential Porter portal additions later but uh stopping there i think you're that's about the uh about the level you're talking about so <clears throat> so uh matt and i last week talked about uh he's carlaro do you have any uh uh carlaro takes well i will be the first to admit i didn't hear the discussion that you all had sure uh-huh. <laughs> but uh you know, I, I do think he's a good fit for what Mizzou does. Um, you know, I will admit I was caught quite off guard by his commitment, um, but it took, I don't know, I don't want to put an exact time on it, but under a minute um, of opening up a few various web pages to see his stat lines and some of his metrics and then pull up a highlight video, I'm like, yep, <clears throat> this is a, this completely makes sense. You know, you're talking about a guy who has a lot of the same attributes as a guy like Kobe Brown and obviously doing it at a at Campbell and doing it at a less efficient, lower, I guess slightly lower volume, depending on which season you're looking at, um, level than Kobe Brown. But his his game is similar. Um, but this isn't me saying Jesus is Kobe Brown, but when you look at the same type of player, they're similar um, in what they do. They can dribble, they can pass, they're 6'8". They will step out and shoot, they'll attack the rim, they'll post up, you know, those sorts of things. But, you know, I, I think what his role will be will be the interesting thing. You know, there's Kobe Brown last year, coming into this past year, was a pretty finished product outside of his ability to step out and shoot which obviously is a game changer in college basketball and the NBA. Uh, when you go from a, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a mid-20s three-point shooter to a mid-40s three-point shooter, that's that's a game changer. Yeah, I think um, career-wise, yeah. he was at like 28% before the right. season. I mean, it was a... A 20-point count is ridiculous. Right. It was, it was a major uh, hang-up for what he can do. And he was still able to work around that and in the right system, which this last year what I think would have been. Um, he still would have been very productive, but that took him to another level. Um, so I think perhaps it's a fool's errand to hope, um, but I think that uh, Dennis Gates finding a guy like that, you might be able to at least imply some improvement out of Jesus over what he had been. At Campbell, even though he is moving up quite a bit as far as competition goes. But, you know, 
the Big South has been a pretty big feeder program to high major teams. I think, uh, what was it, 21 Baylor team had two transfers from the Big South, if I recall right. Um, you know, there's yeah. there have been some good players that have transferred out of there and had productive careers. So, you know, I think it's really an insurance option for Kobe leaving and also if Carter is thrust into that role to have someone that is able to log valuable minutes behind him um, such that they don't have the numbers crunch that they had last year at the end of the season when they were effectively playing six, maybe seven guys a night and you couldn't really rebound and you wanted to play at an up-tempo pace and force turnovers and that's just really, really hard to do with six, maybe seven guys on a given night. It is. So, anyway, that's my thoughts on Jesus. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think I think those are all sort of you know fair. I I don't get I don't really get the impression that this is a a, a guy that Mizzou envisions is like their answer in the middle. Um, you know, I think it's a guy who they realize uh, you know plays in a or is accustomed to playing in a system very similar to the one that they run. Uh, you know, he's a bit of a skilled guy if they can sort of work and tinker with a couple things and make him a little bit more of a consistent shooter, uh, then you have a really, really like solid addition and, and sort of like back of the rotation guy. Um, you know, they need forwards. They do like they, uh, they need help and people that can fill in for minutes at the five, uh, even maybe a few minutes at the four, you know, depending on what Kobe Brown does. Um, you know, those are things that are valuable. And I think, you know, Carlero is, I, you know, I don't think Des Gates is going to be asking him to come in and play 28 minutes a night. Um, you know, but, yeah, <laughs> like it, if you can keep him in like the eight to 12 minute range and he's going to, you know, give you like 110, 115, like, you know, offensive rating, like that's valuable and having reserves that you can sort of, you know, pull in and, and, and produce that way. Um, you know, cause I think like, getting back to like you know my uh my pour over piece is like when you look at the correlation between guys that are running via the portal uh you know and incoming freshmen like the freshmen you you can get value from freshmen not to say that you you won't but you can uh it's just it's way more inconsistent and it's way harder to pinpoint who will and won't hit um you know it after the top 30 it falls off a cliff um and and again, like there are guys outside the top 30 that are doing great uh, and were incredibly valuable. Um, you know, uh, maybe Missouri has one of those guys. Maybe Trent Pierce is one of those guys. Maybe, you know, Jordan Butler is one of those guys. Uh, you know, maybe it's Ant Robbins. Who knows? Um, it seems unlikely, but, uh, or it, it, you know, going based off the data, we should say, it is unlikely. Doesn't mean it won't happen. But it's unlikely. And so that like that's kind of the world that you live in. So, you know, if Trent Pierce comes in and he like he kicks Carolero's butt in practice and he's the better player, then you're gonna play it. Right. But if he's not and he's not quite ready, he's not quite strong enough, he doesn't rebound, he does like the you know, defensive assignments are are a little uh, uh a miss, then you have somebody you can plug in right now and get the production from. And I, I think like you know, that's that's basically what it comes down to with a lot of the, you know, the, the portal ads that end up being rotational pieces. 
Well, and that's something that you also have to think about with Chirp, Carlero, along with Grill and Tanjay, is they're going to be fifth-year seniors. I mean, these guys are, you're not taking bets on guys that are, well, they're 19, 20, you know, we're going to hope they hope they come around. We're, we're talking about guys that are, you know, almost old enough to rent a car. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's like maybe... They've been, they've been able to vote in like multiple like national elections. <laughs> so there's something to be said for having that experience because, you know, we looked at a guy like DeAndre Golston last year and I obviously picked him towards the lower end of the rotation in our preseason pieces and a large part of the reason why he was thrust up into where he was was Mosley's absence, but no matter, he was getting starter level minutes um and i didn't see that coming you know i i simply didn't and he did well you know he was he was a very valuable player last year so there are just going to be times that even with transfers you're going to be surprised one way or another you know so whether that's are carl you saying, or no, i don't know are you saying we should trust dennis gates <laughs> are you at the point are well, you at the point are you at the point where like <clears throat> Even if you aren't sure about a move, you're like, I'm gonna give the coach the benefit of the doubt. I like I feel like he's kinda earned it at this point. Like based upon how this team played with the guys that they had last year, I I did not think they would be as good as they were. And they were no, like I totally agree. And there is something to be said for <clears throat> a coach who's looking for a very precise thing in a player. And if he finds that and lands that, that's you know, you, you do trust him trying to associate the fit with what he's going to do. But, you know, there's always going to be guys who perform better than expected and guys who perform worse than expected. A lot of that's up to the individual player. And, you know, obviously I don't know Jesus. I've never met the man. Um, but maybe he, maybe he really things click and he takes off and we're all pleasantly surprised. We never know. You know, that's why we watch the games. If it was everything could bo- be boiled down to data, this would be a boring sport. So, um, you know, and that's coming from a guy who loves numbers more than just about anyone else. So, you know, there's there's a lot of human element to this. There is. Uh, moving on a little bit here, sort of recap uh, some happenings in the portal. If you follow the transfer tracker piece, it is... Uh, barren these days. Um, we are completely out of point guards, completely out of combo guards, completely out of wings, completely out of combo forwards. All that's left are a couple names on the post list. Uh, today, Jalen Tyson, who did have some, uh, at least contact from Missouri. Um, I don't really believe there was ever any serious courting that happened there, but uh, Jalen Tyson, Texas Tech transfer. Uh, committed to Cal. He did choose Cal over Kansas and uh, Arkansas, I believe, was uh, a couple teams on the list. Um, and, oh, and uh, and Auburn, yeah. Right. We could talk about Bruce Pearl. Um, <laughs> yeah, like if if you if you feel, if you are a Mizzou fan and you feel bad about missing out on Matt Cleveland, like like Pearl's in some some stuff right now. Like Alan Flanagan just transferred. Uh, Matthew Cleveland chose Miami over Auburn. Uh, they thought they had uh, Tyron Lawrence like locked down. Now Lawrence has gotten some crystal ball picks to Georgia, uh, and and even uh, our boy Trilly was uh, teasing that he might even go back to Vandy. Like he covered his basis there. He, he yeah mentioned like, three possibilities, so he's he's covered on that decision. 
it does it, but it does seem like uh like like bruce has got some work in front of him um that said uh the portal is still open for three more days we did just get a uh like with marshall's best player um i don't know his name uh off the top of my head uh 20 point score goes into the portal uh today um we are very likely to hear some other big rumblings over the next few days so if you are uh if you are tracking the portal like we are like it's not done um from missouri's standpoint though it does seem like there's just one move left to make uh that or well i mean aside from uh kobe brown <laughs> who we're probably waiting until the end of the month so the withdrawal deadline is may 31st um as long as he's withdrawn from the draft, he can return to school at that point. Um, so that's kind of the date that we're waiting on for Brown. Uh, you know, Mosley hasn't really said anything publicly. Um, I guess there could be an announcement at some point, but I get the impression that they're going to let him kind of work through the summer and uh, and see how it goes. Um, but uh, the last thing is Missouri still kind of needs a big guy and Jimmy Bell, West Virginia transfer, um, is uh, after her, after his former coach kind of stepped in it today. Um, <laughs> whoops. Uh, we will not quote him. <laughs> no, no, there will not be any quotes. If, if you are, if you aren't following the news story, uh, Bob Huggins uh, slipped up while live on the radio today um, and and said something you probably shouldn't say uh, out loud. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He did say it twice. Um, He repeated it. It wasn't just twice in conversation. He was sure to repeat exactly what he said again, just in some misunderstood. In case you didn't hear me. I did say it. I think like one of the one of my favorite like responses somebody was tweeting at like Dan Wolken um and uh the guy was just like oh like you've said that word like 10,000 times in your life and I'm like uh, 10,000 <laughs> like that's a lot uh like I don't think um so it was a it was a homophobic slur that starts with F. I'll let everyone's imagination run from there um I don't think I've said that word in probably at least 20, 25, maybe 30 years. Um, I just don't have a need for it. Like, I feel like it's possible to, like, remove words from your vocabulary. Like, am I crazy on that? Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I, I, I think if you, if it slips out like that, it's probably something you've said recently. Anyway, um, I, I did sure recently. And I like, I also like, I don't think, I don't think Huggins should like get fired or anything for this. Like, you know, like he, if anyone's followed Huggins around, you know, he's not the most sensitive speaker. Um, like you should probably be prepared to be offended a little bit. Like West Virginia knows who their coach is. Um, anyway, getting back to his, Jimmy Bell. <laughs> his former player, uh, Jimmy Bell. Um, Jimmy Bell is currently on campus at, Mississippi State uh and from there I believe on Wednesday yeah so it's May 8th uh, we're recording this about 8 30 now um and 
and Jimmy Bell is in Starkville. And then Wednesday uh, on the 10th, he'll head to Columbia. There are a lot of people who believe that um, he will make a quick decision uh, once his visit is over, possibly as soon as Friday. Um, and I think we're kind of anticipating that he's going to end up at Mizzou. At least that's that's what the the winds are uh, are speaking these days. Uh, yeah, not to uh, not to get into the whole Iowa Alabama betting scandal, but if you were the to place odds on this and don't, if you're thinking about it, especially if you play NCAA sports, um, but yeah, I would say Mizzou is probably the favorite in that pursuit. I think that's that's fair to say. Yeah, and and uh, Mississippi State also like on like the back of Bell leaving Starkville have uh, Naheem McLeod, uh, who is a Florida State transfer, seven foot four uh, center, um, good good mobility kind of dude. I'm actually surprised that Mizzou didn't even take a look at him, uh, considering the familiarity there with uh, with you know CY, um, but not particularly skilled. Um, that said, neither is Jimmy Bell. <laughs> uh, Bell is a a big, uh, robust uh, six foot ten, six eleven guy. He rebounds well. He doesn't get off the floor all that much. Um, you know, he's not the most skilled guy. Uh, he is a guy who hopefully can improve some of his rim finishing. But he's a guy that rebounds the ball well. And for a team that needed uh, rebounding last year, uh, adding somebody who can rebound isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, how do you see Jimmy Bell fitting into the Missouri uh, situation? Should he commit uh, this week? Well, it's interesting. I think the first podcast that I was on after my self-imposed ban during the season or consecutive losses after every time that I, I did appear, um, I think we were talking about Eddie Lampkin and his possible fit. I mean, this seems like ages ago at this point, but that was one of, if not the first players that Mizzou reached out to. <clears throat> and for those of you who don't know, Eddie Lampkin was a transfer from TCU that transferred somewhere, and I have no idea where it is. Colorado he ended maybe. up at Colorado. I think Colorado. I think right. Now that now that I start talking, it makes sense. <laughs> um, but. It's kind of weird how we've went around the world um, from an Eddie Lampkin who was like, well, he's he's big, he provides rebounding, he can move a little bit, but I'm not really sure that that's what Mizzou's looking for. But, you know, I've been wrong before. And then Mizzou's made their way around through all the other post uh, more center, interior players, whatever you want to call them in this system, uh, players, and they've arrived back at uh, another Eddie Lampkin in Jimmy Bell. So it's kind of interesting to me how that's transpired that, uh, you know, we're, we're at a point where we're talking about a guy who's, you know, not Eddie Lampkin, obviously, but close. You know, he's, he's an interior player. He's not Jesus Carlero. He's not Kobe Brown. He's not Noah Carter. He, you know, if we're talking about him wanting to, uh, you know, add to his offensive repertoire by moving to Mizzou and, you know, getting out on the perimeter, I think that could be bad. <laughs> um, you know, again, I'm, I've been wrong before, but uh, there's nothing that we've seen from his time at SLU or West Virginia that 
indicates that he's going to be a guy that would have really fit into what Mizzou was doing last year. Um, but on the flip side, he does rebound and he's big, you know, and Mizzou desperately needed someone inside last year who could rebound. Um, so I guess in some ways it makes sense. In other ways, it seems counterintuitive from Dennis Gates's comments about, you know, wanting the right size, um, which to me meant skilled big man, um, which Jesus Carlero is and, uh, Eddie, and, just almost called him Eddie Lampkin. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Bell probably doesn't qualify under that definition at this point, at least in my opinion. He's skilled, but not in the way that Mizzou has used their big man in the last eight to ten months. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, there's always going to be value in having a guy like that, even if you're going through conference season and, you know, I think Tolu Smith is back for his 14th year in college basketball. Um, if I may be wrong on that, pretty sure I'm right on the years. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been he's been around for a while. Uh, believe it or not, he uh, started at Western Kentucky, and I believe he transferred when you still had to sit out. Yeah, so he he sat out, I believe. So you know. Or joking on it, but you know he's he's Nick honoring it at least. Right. Uh, you know, having to sit out as a transfer and playing an extra year. So, um, I, so I the closeness with that is that you know if you run into a guy like that in conference season and you're drug into a low sixties possession game, which happens every time Mizzou goes to Starkville, and it's usually not going well. Um, you know, if you need someone to go in there and match up with him, Jimmy Bell can do that. But to me, Mizzou's strength last year was the ability to make teams match up to them. And I don't know if Jimmy Bell really fits in with making teams match up to them and having an advantage offensively at every position. But, you know, again, it's May 8th and there's five months until the season even begins to start with the uh with practice so you know i don't know we'll see but i will expect you know jimmy bell will probably be a mizzou tiger by the end of the week so we'll we'll have plenty of time to talk about it (laughs) yeah and you know i think that's interesting because uh you know the gates comments are something that we you know we we did sort of play up and we made a big deal out of it because it it really kind of spoke to their recruiting philosophy and it does feel a little bit uh, like they're abandoning that philosophy a little bit because they missed on Caden Shedrick. Um, you know, like, I think in an ideal world, a guy like Shedrick is what they want in the middle, uh, who can protect the rim, who's athletic, who can move. Uh, you know, Shedrick's not a guy who's uh, going to take a lot of threes, but he could shoot a little bit. Um, but, you know, the problem, though, is that they went really far down the road with Shenberg, uh, where he was the primary guy. And then once you pivot out of that, then what's left? And, you know, unless you're back channeling with somebody who, you know, is as good as Caden Shedrick, uh, you know, like I'm thinking of, uh, you know, a, a certain center that, you know, plays up in Omaha. Could uh, that be? <laughs> you know, like if, if you're finding out like a guy like that is going to be in the portal, then absolutely. Like, you know, you, if you can 
make it a priority to, to, to land a guy like that, then, then you do that. But if you, if you've done all the discussions and you've, you've had all the, the moves sort of play out and you're sitting here and it is May 8th, the portal closes in three days. And I like that. I like that the portal closes on Thursday, which means nobody can enter at that point. And then, you know, Bell is talking about committing on, you know, possibly as early as Friday. Um, which would be the end of his Missouri visit. So at least you have an idea of what else may be out there. Um, you know, uh, it, it would be nice if you could get in the picture for a guy like, you know, Grant Nelson, if he decides to come back to college. But again, like now you're delaying decisions to the end of, uh, uh, the, the end of the month and possibly going in and competing with, you know, teams that have a whole lot more uh, NIL money to play with, and I'm, I'm taking, like, uh, you know, Arkansas, for one, is uh, a, a, a program unafraid to throw NIL money around. Um, and you're kind of walking up against that. I, I think at this point, it, it seems like it seems like Dennis Gates and his staff are are comfortable with the bones of their roster. And if they're taking Bell, they're basically saying, like, this is the group that we think we can we can win a step further than we did this past year. Uh, they'll be deeper. Um, they'll have just as good of uh, some offensive weapons. They'll have, you know, probably more upside. Um, you know, and the one thing that they really kind of needed help with was just somebody who could, you know, get a rebound when they needed one. And... <laughs> Like if, if, if that's what it is, then I, I get it. Um, again, like I don't, I don't know that he helps you a lot offensively. And I think like, that's sort of the, you know, the tough thing is, is figuring out sort of like what he's going to do, uh, other than rebound. Cause you know, right. if, if you have a five guys on the floor, like they all have to do something. It, I don't think he's going to one more be considered as speaking bad at Jimmy Bell by any means. He started on a team that went to the, in NCAA tournament this year. I mean, he's he's a good player. It's just when you look at what Mizzou did, what type of big guys they were after, the coaching staff's comments, and who they pursued this spring on the portal, and who they've been pursuing, you know, in the prep route. He it just it it seems kind of like a round peg in a what it was that square peg in a round hole. You know, it's that's gone. He, 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 <laughs> He he he's a good player, but the round peg in the square hole will still kind of go in the hole. <laughs> yeah. So how will how will he fit at Mizzou? Yeah, and that's I think that's my biggest question. So anyway, but one point of clarification: the both both of us know this, but <clears throat> the portal closes on Thursday, but that doesn't necessarily mean that players have to sign or decide where they're going on Thursday. It's just that no. Correct. Players looking for their um, free transfer, non-grad transfer, freebie year have to enter. And, and grad transfers can enter at any time. Right. Like, so, Sarah, if you're graduating, you can, you can enter the transfer portal at any time. So it it, basically, it closes the door on underclassmen transferring. Um, you know, the, the, the window is closing. Uh, I think that's all we had to talk about. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on before we get out of here? Um, not particularly. There, it was kind of a slow week. Otherwise, we 
had the Cleveland announcement and the news about Jimmy Bell. <clears throat> so, no. This, this week could be very noisy, uh, but probably won't be super noisy for Missouri. Uh, like I said, we, we do sort of think that you'll hear something on Jimmy Bell um, soon, and it probably is going to be Missouri. Um, and so, yeah, me and the other Matt will probably come back next week and talk about you know Jimmy Bell committing or not. <laughs> I do be, I'd be surprised. In uh, Matt Harris's absence, I guess I should feel compelled to mention Mizzou did apparently kick the tires on a Kansas transfer. Oh, yeah. I did actually have that in my notes. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I... Zuby and Gia 4. The Gia 4. Okay, I was going to say, I'm, I'm not going to try that for the first time on air. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a pretty highly recruited high school player that got scant minutes behind Kansas, Jalen Wilson, and, you know, their small ball lineups this year, and Upon them landing, Hunter Dickinson obviously opted for greener pastures where you could potentially get on the floor earlier. So that's something worth monitoring. I'm not going to comment yay or nay on that. I don't know enough about him. Um, I did mention it. It seems like he's already got a visit scheduled to Villanova. Um, I would imagine uh, you know Villanova will probably want to close that pretty quick considering they were in on Hunter Dickinson and they need some interior uh, size. So that would probably make a lot of sense. Uh, anybody who was missing out on, on Hunter that was in deep on Hunter, I think like, I think Kentucky is talking about bringing back Oscar for another year. Um, I like how it's their decision, like how it's framed. It's like, Oh yeah, I think we'll bring back a, you know, owner. former national player of the year. <laughs> like we've, we've thought about this for quite a while and you know, it's our decision that we're going to renew your contract for another year. Um, yeah. as if they're giving him some sort of favor. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't. I didn't always think it was funny. As it's like you know, he's exploring his as you know draft potential, and it's like you know, I don't, I don't know what NBA like you watch, but brother, <laughs> like they are not looking for uh for Oscar Shibway in the NBA right now. Um, but yeah, so we'll wrap this up. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, um, please make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. Uh, or this video channel. Uh, it helps us. It helps boost uh, these videos and get seen. It uh, is always good. Feel free to comment uh, and uh, and rate and like. I think there's a little like button you can hit down there too. Um, make sure that you're also subscribed to the uh, podcast feed through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, however you get your podcasts. Uh, we're also on Spotify. Uh, if you're subscribed to all that, then you also get uh, Nate and BK's Before the Box Score. Those guys... Uh, just recorded an episode last week. I still haven't watched it yet. I need to watch it. What's going on with Mizzou football? If you ask me, who knows? Um, those guys know, though. They do. So follow uh, this guy on Twitter, at Data Mizzou. You can follow me at Sam T. Snelling. We're always into talking Mizzou basketball. Uh, head over to the flagship, rockamation.com, and click my all articles. You can read my last piece on uh, the BPR stuff, uh, how the transfer portal has uh, overtaken high school recruiting uh, and the impact of high school recruiting. Um, thought it was an interesting uh, discussion, uh, a lot of good comments. Um, so go check that out. And we'll be back next week. And until then, thank you for tuning in.
Bye.